Welcome uh, this morning to today's Truett Church Network webinar and podcast. We're glad you are tuning in with us today uh, or listening on podcasts. Um, our guest today is Dr. Angela Gorell. Dr. Gorell has been with us before on the Truett Church Network events. Dr. Gorell, as most of you probably know, is the Assistant Professor of Practical Theology at Truett. Uh, Dr. Gorell, you've been at Truett, this is your third year, is that right? Yeah. Time flies, time mm -hmm. flies. But um, uh, Dr. Gorell, tell us a little bit about what you teach at Truett, some of what you're writing and doing. You're all over the place um, <laughs> uh, and your schedule makes me tired. Um, but tell us just a little bit about what, what you do at Truett and what you're writing about. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And hello to all of you who are listening, who are joining with us. We're grateful for you and we're grateful for your partnership in ministry and in, um, in serving God's kingdom and happy Advent to all of you. I am, so I teach classes mostly in the area, obviously in practical theology, but really focused on helping students to be prepared to both teach um, and disciple um, people, but also how to lead organizations in meaningful ways. And, um, and then I also, how to address real world issues, um, like literally walking students through complex problems and like, let's think together, what does collaborative leadership and problem solving look like in this case? So I teach everything from, I mean, like the major courses that I teach here are integrated theology, the capstone course of the MDiv, where we really look at those world, real world issues, Jesus and the meaning of life, a class focused on a new vision of Christian discipleship, um, Stories to Tell, which is a new class I'm teaching in the spring at a prison, where um, it's a class that teaches chaplaincy, uh, faithful presence in people's lives, and also how God shows up in the stories that we live out, um, where God's wisdom shows up in the stories that we live. Um, and also it addresses the intersection of mental and spiritual health. Um, and then a class um, that I'm teaching this fall called Foundations of Ministry with Youth and Emerging Adults. So those are the key classes that, um, that I teach here. And um, I am currently working on a new book. Uh, just, I've just been Either. working. A good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a new book and it's actually going to be related to the themes of the class Stories to Tell at the Prison that I'm going to be teaching. And so this intersection between spiritual and mental health, thinking about story, but also um, at the heart of this book is, I think, what happened. So in the pandemic, I feel like a lot of people had um, something happen to them where they, they had this everyone got this pause in their life, right? The pandemic pause where they got to ask themselves the question, who am I and what am I doing? And am I, I living like the kind of life that I really wanna live? Yeah. And so this book is about that kind of moment in our life. And how do you, what, what does it look like to take the next faithful step when you're asking those kinds of questions? And when can we expect to be, have that in our hands? What's the hope? Probably uh, fall 2023. Okay, so you're you're working on it then. It's still very much in process for you. All right. Yeah, I mean, and after you submit a book, it takes a year yeah. to. So probably that would be yeah, summer fall 2023 would be the earliest I could get it all finished and and well, out and yeah, edited and everything. <laughs> well, well, I can say uh, in Dr. Grail's brief time at Truett, but significant time already, her classes uh, are incredibly popular. They fill up. Um, students are just love taking them and learn so much and you just hear these things in the halls and so she's been a great blessing to Truett and we're very 
very grateful uh, you were part of the Truett team and family. Oh, I'm, grateful. Um, I'm grateful to be a part of the team and the family too. Well, this is our Advent, our third of our Advent conversations. Um, and we have invited Dr. Grell to be here today because of her previous book, um, Gravity of Joy. Um, we visited with Dr. Jack Bodenhammer about hope, Dr. Steve Reed about peace, and now Dr. Grell about joy. Um, and so you, some of what you, that book may come up, I'm sure many have read it here. You've talked about it with us before. But we're kind of asking the same four questions about each theme of Advent each week, Angela. And so what would you say is the biblical witness of joy as we prepare uh, to teach and preach and just live the Advent theme this week? I would say that, first of all, I just want to mention that the theme of joy is really throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so it's this, um, and Alexander Shmemon, the priest, says that joy is the tonality of Christianity. It's how it sounds. And I think when we look at the biblical witness to joy, we can see that. Um, for me, though, at the heart, if we really want to, you know, jump in and really understand joy in its fullness, the book of Luke is the greatest testament to joy in, in, in all of scripture. And it begins in Luke one with Mary receiving the news that she is going to bear uh, Jesus, that she's going to be the mother of the Messiah, the awaited Messiah. And, and this fills her with great joy. And then she's met by Elizabeth who has found out that she is pregnant and they share in their joy together. Mm -hmm. And so the book of Luke begins with joy. And then we find in the middle of Luke, I think one of the most beautiful, for me, the most moving, other than what I just described, the most moving des description of joy is in Luke 15, where we have the shepherd who loses the sheep and we have the woman who loses the coin and we have the father who loses his son but each one is found and what we see in this testament about joy in luke 15 is that what is lost can be found and that is why like the subtitle of my book is <laughs> um a story of being lost and found and it's about how enjoy like what we find like the the testament the witness of the gospel essentially is like it is the gospel a gospel of joy because it's about the fact that like what has feels like can never be recovered can be like that's the beautiful story right of the gospel is like what we think um has been lost forever actually can be restored recovered redeemed even us yeah even us the tonality say that quote about joy being the tonality of <laughs> yeah. scripture is that what you no, said I've, I've, no joy is the tonality the tonality of christianity is joy it's joy man mm -hmm. that that's well that's that's worth the price of admission right there uh, <laughs> that, i'll be thinking about that a lot yeah so i mean just at a very elementary basic yeah. level how do you differentiate happiness and joy because I think there's probably great confusion in, in the pews and in our own hearts often about the differences between those. So I think Mir Miroslav is really helpful. I want to start with him. Miroslav Wolf is the uh, founder and the lead theologian at the Yale Center for Faith and Culture. And in a, an initial chapter that he wrote about joy at the end of, in the epilogue of the book, Joy and Human Flourishing, he distinguishes the two by saying that happiness is pleasure and joy is pleasure plus meaning. Mm -hmm. And I really like that. I think it's helpful for a helpful starting point. And so for me, joy is, um, so happiness is 
tied, it's integral, like it's integrated with the circumstances of our lives. So happiness has a lot to do with assessing the conditions of our lives and then feeling good about them. Or happiness is eating ice cream on a hot day. It's it feels good. It's pleasurable, you know. And so happiness is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to experience happiness or to long for happiness in your life. Um, but joy is a more profound and more, I think, hopeful emotion to be postured and open for and seeking in our life, because joy is not tied to particular like good circumstances. Joy can be felt in the midst of great circumstances, good conditions in our lives, but joy can also be found uh, can be felt and experienced in the midst of suffering and pain, and that's really good news for us in a pandemic. That really is. Well, I'm always thinking in these of. Those are going to be preaching and teaching this weekend. And I know many will be thinking about how to draw that distinction. So I hope that's helpful for them. We know there's this biblical witness of joy from, from Genesis to Revelation. Um, that it's the tonality of the Christian story, of which I love that. But it's a challenge to experience joy, to name joy. So what? why is that so challenging for us? What is the challenge of joy that we experience in our lives? I think there are multiple challenges, but I'll name two. One is that I think it's very difficult. We need permission to feel any emotion. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, I'm going to name three. Um, and I think that joy, uh, we especially need permission to feel it. Um, and I think that, so I, I don't know that we always give one another permission to feel anything, but especially joy. Two, I'm going to agree with Brene Brown and say that joy is one of the most frightening emotions. She says it's the most frightening. Mm -hmm. um, and she says that's true because the moment we feel joy, we're afraid that we're going to lose it. Mm -hmm. um, we, we, when we feel deep joy, we, we recognize, oh my goodness, this is a gift. This moment is a gift. And so we instantly go to, oh my, I, I don't want to lose this, but I know that I, I can't always feel the way that I do right in this second. Um, and so, and it's a very overwhelming emotion because as I say in the gravity of joy, like joy is the recognition of and the connection we feel to truth, meaning, beauty, goodness, and one another. And so it's this very um, arresting, you know, big emotion. And so yeah. it's to give ourselves over to it is a very vulnerable thing. And then third, I would say that for many of us, especially in a time like this, like in a pandemic, when there's so much uncertainty in the world, um, or there's always been a lot of uncertainty, but when that uncertainty is very obvious, yeah. it can feel um, that we're supposed, it can feel like in a moment like this, that we're supposed to be grieving, we're supposed to be lamenting. And especially if we've lost someone that we love during the pandemic, we've lost a job, we've lost a marriage, we've lost any number of things, yeah. right? then we can feel like, okay, I'm in this, I'm in this state of grief. I can't let joy in because I'm supposed to be grieving. Yeah. And so we feel, I, I think I talk about it in, in terms of like, we feel like we're betraying our grief or mm -hmm. our lament, or especially like someone we've loved. And like, if we've lost someone that we loved, it feels like we're betraying them by letting joy in and the gift of the gospel, the gift of our faith is that because joy, as my friend Andy Root says, is the very being and presence of God ministering to us, we don't betray our grief by allowing joy in. What we do is we allow God to come into our grief and to meet us there. Yeah, joy and grief hold hands, don't they? I mean, they're 
they're there. Lament yeah. always takes a turn toward hope and joy. Well, all of the themes of lament. Um, I, I taught on lament recently, and I mean, one of the things I kind of came up with in my own reckoning with lament is lament that never turns becomes wallowing. Um, lament, to be lament, mm -hmm. always turns towards hope, towards recognition of God at work. Um, and that's, well, that's part of the whole Advent journey, is it? Is, is the turn that we make toward all of these things. Well, when you think of a story of joy, give us a story of joy that comes to mind for you. So I write about this in, in The Gravity of Joy. One of the most incredible things for me was um, I, I decided to become a volunteer chaplain at a women's prison. And it was there because, and I was really struggling with, I was researching joy at Yale and yet had experienced the death of three, you know, family members in very tragic ways. And so for a year and a half, I really struggled to allow joy in myself <laughs> um, and to even want to study it or anything like that. But then I surrendered to this strange invitation to become a chaplain at this women's prison. And it was there and it's like, I knew, it's almost like something that you, I knew that there was an invitation from the spirit to come and join this team and to be in this room with these women. And it was there that God met me in the midst of my grief. And, and it was there that God revealed to me all this that I've been telling you about joy um, and mostly through my relationships with these women. And so what, what the, the most, the biggest gift of being in that prison was that these women did not know anything about my life. And initially I didn't see it as a gift because I thought it was weird that we couldn't tell them anything about ourselves. And I don't like the reason why we couldn't. And it was because the prison said, you know, they couldn't trust us. I mean, that we couldn't trust, we shouldn't trust them. And so we shouldn't tell them anything about ourselves. But what, what was good for me about that was that I had to leave um, my job at the door. I left my education at the door. I left like, so all this like, so who is Angela without a PhD, without working at Yale, all this stuff. And I left it at the door and I got to just be Angela again, mm -hmm. you know, and um, it was so, and I wasn't ordained in that room. And, you know, and so there was this rich conversation and, uh, um, and ministry back and forth between us that was allowed by that. Um, and so one night um, we are singing and singing initially was like my least favorite thing that we did at Bible study yeah. because I never thought that I was very good at it. Um, and especially acapella, like I didn't really like singing without instruments. Yeah. But the more that I, um, that these women sang loudly and off pitch sometimes and just gave themselves over to the moment of singing, the more I did the same, which is the same that, and there's a, there's, that parallels joy well. The more that we give ourselves over to joy, the more the other people do too. Mm -hmm. But on, um, and so we began singing, uh, like it became a tradition among us, like every Wednesday night, no matter what we sing, we always sing this little light of mine. Yeah. And it just became this uh, moment between us all that was so relational and participatory and dynamic. Mm -hmm. And so it was rich. And so where we would, um, gather and he would be in a big circle we would all stand up and then one night um one person like added her own line to the song yeah. and so she was like all up in this place i'm gonna let it shine and so then we would all join in like all up in this place like i'm gonna let it shine you know and so then we started the tradition of every week different people would throw out their own lines yeah. and we would all follow suit you know and on this one particular night we're just shouting and we're dancing and we're lost and i literally 
pretty much forget where I am because mm. I'm so captured by the unity in the space, um, the the joy that was being yeah. shared. And um, a, a corrections officer comes into the room, which then, you know, brings me out of my, oh my gosh, I'm, and I'm you know, I'm caught up in this moment and I'm kind of caught off guard and I'm nervous that she's going to shut down Bible study because that happened sometimes where they were just like, everybody has to leave for whatever reason they decide, you know, but she comes in and she starts clapping her hand and she starts singing along with us. And it was beautiful because in a prison, anybody who's ever been in a prison, corrections officers and people who are incarcerated don't normally relate to each other in a way that's humanizing. Yeah. And so to see this humanization of one another, to see the gift of being together, of being caught up together in what was possible. And, you know, it was, yeah. And just to think about Matthew 5, and how Jesus says, like, you are the light of the world and like, I am going to, you know, and so this comes back to joy as the tonality of Christianity, too, because it's like that is us like people know us as as followers of Jesus, both by our light, I think, and by our joy. And I really experienced that in that room. We were a witness to this woman, the CO, like corrections officer. And and then at the end of the song, she just like looked at all of us and she said, you know, there was so much joy in this room mm. um, that I had to come and be a part of it. And what I see in this story is that joy is contagious. It's infectious. Just like COVID-19, we can catch it. Thank So thanks be to God, there are other things we can catch in this season. <laughs> Positive vira virality, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. And it, well, and it goes to everything you said of unexpected places, unexpected people in situations and circumstances that might not obviously breed joy there you find it um and in expected places as well uh well man that you're is right i mean that matt you're right like that is the testimony of our faith too right yeah is that god is in these really unexpected places like in a manger and on a cross like that's where god is found in unexpected yeah. places yeah and and even of the power of witness we get witness there's so much i think maybe guilt about do we witness what witness is? Do we do it enough? Do we do it well among just sort of, I mean, pastors, but also just everyday Christians and um, to sort of let the pressure off and say, let joy be your witness. Let live your life with joy. Um, let that shine. Let that let that be the way you smell and the way you sound and the way you taste in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and that will be your witness and the Holy Spirit yeah. will be before you in the way you go uh, drawing other people to that um that's just that's comforting that's encouraging to me um well on encouragement would you have a final word of encouragement for those that are preparing to preach and teach and live the theme of joy this advent season yeah well um my uh, yeah my real encouragement to you would be that joy is not so much about you doing particular things um joy is a gift you know i i sing um in uh in the in the biblical witness to joy what we see too is that the word for joy is very similar to the word for grace mm. like joy yeah. is like kara and kari like so what we see is that joy is a gift and so I, my encouragement to you this, this Christmas season is to open your hands 
um, open your hearts, open your minds, and start each day within this Advent season of with, okay, God, joy is your gift. Joy is you. And I am open and ready to receive it. <laughs> um, and that's why it's also, and we see in um, that it's a fruit of the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, um, and so it's not so much, we can definitely join in God's work around joy in the world. We can join in that work by rejoicing. Joy is something we can do. I mean, rejoicing is something yeah. that we can do, but ultimately the feeling of joy is a gift. And so really, I just encourage you to live with open hands to receive it this Advent season. Dr. Grell, thank you for taking time to be with us. I know it's a very busy time of year around Truett as we finish classes and start finals and everything else involved in this time of year. We appreciate your time. Uh, we appreciate you all who are uh, listening and watching today. We are praying for you and so thankful for you and the ministries you have, spreading joy, receiving joy, giving joy um, in the many places you serve. Uh, may you be encouraged this week. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye.